Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What's going on? Jermaine Johnson. Tune in to Turn on the Jets podcast. Hey, this is Vinny Pasquantino of the Kansas City Royals. Make sure you tune in to the Turn on the Jets podcast. Everybody, welcome back to the Turn the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson at Will on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special episode today, bye week. Not that much to talk about, but uh, special guest Tyler Conklin, second time on the pod. Last time we talked, uh, Aaron Rodgers and the offseason. How we uh, how we doing today, man? How we feeling? I'm good, man. Everything's going good, just bye weeks flying by, but appreciate you having me on. Yeah, I know. We were just talking about it. It's uh, the stuff goes way too quick. You guys get a few days off and it goes uh goes a lot faster than, than being at the facility. How I guess how you how you feeling through six weeks? Obviously it's been a range of emotions. Like do you kind of feel good where you're at? Is it you feel like kind of like what yeah, well, I guess where you at kind of uh through six weeks. Yeah, man, it's definitely been a range of emotions. I think uh especially the first couple of weeks when everything happened. Uh I mean I think you just start back to the offseason, right? We had this whole you know, thing like, is Aaron Rodgers coming? Is Aaron Rodgers not coming? Then he comes and you're excited and it happens. And then, you know, you go through OTAs and, you you know, playing with the Hall of Famer and trying to, like, get on the same page as him and learn from him. And, uh, you know, the excitement that comes along with that to getting through camp and you got hard knocks and a long camp with the Hall of Fame game and everything, which is a real pain in the ass. Uh, you know, you got all that stuff. And then the season comes and you're so happy it's here. And, uh, you know, that happens and you just feel for Aaron, right? Like, he, I know how, how excited he was for, you know, to be out here in New York, to, you know, have this opportunity, you know, to, to add on to his legacy. So, um, you know, that, that really hurt. That was the hard part. I think everybody really – obviously everybody was hurt because we wanted to play with him and we know what he could bring to this team. But then you also just feel for him for what, you know, he has to – going through that. But uh, – and then you kind of figure out where you're at there and, um, you know, you lose some games that you – don't think you should have lost and you lose some games that you didn't play well enough to win. And then you win some games that, you know, are really big wins. You end up at three and three heading into the bye and, uh, you know, to go into the bye off a two game win streak and a big win against the Eagles. I mean, not a terrible way to head into a bye week. <laughs> no, definitely, definitely not. I, I think you look back at that Dallas game and I just feel like there was so much shell shock of what had happened the week before. It's almost like you throw that game out in hindsight. I, I guess you started to kind of have this chemistry. I feel like you had chemistry with Zach last year, but it felt like the last couple of weeks, there's been a lot more involvement of getting you one-on-one with a linebacker, one-on-one with a safety over the middle of the field. Um, is that kind of, is that been kind of a good momentum for you of just like, 
starting to get some of these one-on-one matchups in the slot, you know, over the middle of the field, be able to kind of do what you do best and, uh, you know, create some separation and get open. How good has that kind of felt the last couple of weeks? I feel like you guys have been using that more and more. Yeah, it's felt good. I mean, I, I've been talk, talked about it here and there on, on podcasts and different things, but I really think that, um, you know, I'm ready to take that next step in my career. And I know I can win one-on-one matchups and, and I feel like I'm one of the better route runners at my position. Um, you know, if you really go in and look at it, but obviously you need the opportunities and uh, they have been coming. I think me and Zach have been building, you know, more and more chemistry and, uh, you know, obviously coach hacks uh, figuring out how he wants to call things, right. He had a, probably a whole different idea of what he wanted to do when it was Aaron. And then uh, obviously it's, it was always his system and what he did, but Aaron does so many different things. I thought I scrimmage before the snap that changes some of that. And then, uh, you know, Zach's in there not thinking that he's, probably gonna have to play it all this year and then he's thrown in there so there's just so many things that you know going to this first six weeks from probably a play calling standpoint and matchups and all that so I think they were really as an offense kind of hitting getting in the groove how we're supposed to be getting in the groove obviously you know the red zone is something that we got to figure out pretty damn quick here and I would third down I think you know we can third down really comes down for us to being way too many third and longs you know when you see we're in third and 46 you know, we get that, you know, we make that conversion a good amount of the time. But we're in third and 10 plus more than I think anybody in the league at this point. And, you know, it's hard to be successful on third down with that. And then the red zone, we just got to, you know, I'm sure the coaches are sitting there during the bye figuring out, you know, what our tendencies are and what we do well, what we don't do well, personnel and all that stuff that goes into it. So, um, you know, I think that's something we're, we're close at, but we got to get fixed up because, you know, two of these games, I like to think would have been, uh, you know, a lot bigger wins, probably not get everybody as much gray hair if we could score a couple of touchdowns in the red zone. Yeah, give you guys some uh, some credit so people can uh, go on, you know, first things first and speak in all these shows and uh, give you guys no credit. I, I tweeted it out earlier in the week, and you kind of mentioned it there, but it does truly feel like you guys are close on offense to really hitting your stride. It feels like it's one negative play, it's one misread, or it's one penalty, or one drop, or one negative play that kind of has been thrown off a lot of these drives here in the red zone. It's like the ball's getting moved. It's not like you guys are just like stalling on offense. It's like, is that, is that a fair assessment? Is that fair to say like it's it's one play here or there on every drive? feels like that kind of, if you can eliminate that one play, it's going to be a lot of points on the board. Yeah, I do think you can say, I mean, I think that's the beauty of football, right? Like people that don't necessarily understand it, like, yeah, it's the greatest team sport in the world, but if you win and broke down every single play, whether it's a good play or a bad play, you know, if you draw, you know, it's drawn up on paper to score a touchdown every time, right? So, you know, if you win and broke down every single play, there's somebody, one, two, three people that, you know, probably could have did this better or that better that makes the play, you know, successful, not successful, or, you know, explosive, not explosive, whatever it is. And I do think that's kind of something we've done a little bit, right? Like things happen during the play, flags happen, you're playing, like you're not always going to be able to control that, I guess. You can, but you can't. Uh, the pre-snap stuff, false starts and, um, you know, drops and things of that nature that you like to think are more focused type errors, like that's the stuff we really got to um, to clean up. Like, it's hard to harp on people, but, hey, don't get a holding call or don't get this. Obviously, you're trained and you don't want to do that, but sometimes shit happens. Um, you know, the pre-snap stuff, the drops, the focus stuff that you can really control, you know, that's the stuff that I think if we clean up just that stuff, then, uh, you know, some of these drives stop stalling out and we start scoring a few more touchdowns. I would have to go too much in more of the quarterback stuff, but I want to ask you, just from a Zach perspective of just, you've been with him now, obviously, multiple years. 
I don't think there's the differences I feel like are very subtle in, you know, the Tate not running backwards in the pocket, like kind of his awareness a little bit in the pocket, his footwork, his mechanics, things like that. Feels like he's playing a little bit more swagger and confidence, at least from that perspective. Have you seen any like differences, I guess, from being around him daily for the last couple like couple years and him this year versus last year? Not even necessarily you've seen a box score, but just maybe in the huddle or things like that. Have you seen any kind of subtle differences, at least with Aaron being back and all that different type of stuff? Yeah, I don't want to put words in Zach's mouth or anything, but like I do think there's a few there's a few things, right? I think that first he's not wearing a headband. I think. I think that Coach Todd Downing, Coach Hackett, Coach Rob, I think they do a really good job. I've said this a few times. They do a really good job of allowing, like, really helping him understand the game plan. What is, What are we trying to do this week? Why are we trying to attack this defense like this? This is why we had these plays in. And it really helps him have an understanding of his reads, his progressions, how he's, like, it's at every position, right? You know, the more you know your game plan, the more you know your assignment, the faster you get to play. And, you know, the better it usually looks. You can tell when somebody's thinking out there or unsure what they're supposed to do with the ball or whatever it is. Uh, so I think that's a really big thing. I do think, you know, Aaron being someone that Zach looked up to and wanted to model his game after and then having him in the building to, like, explain to him, hey, this is when I throw like this. This is my mechanics. This is how I do certain things um, or why I do certain things. And then also just kind of the confidence and presence that he gives off, I think, has also rubbed off on Zach. And uh, and then lastly, I think he's got better at just blocking out the noise. That, you know, that's something I had to learn, like, in this market in New York. Like, really good fan base. They love the Jets. But you got to go out there and perform, and you got to win games to, to make them happy, and, uh, which is understandable, right? You're going out there to try to – people are paying to watch you put a good performance out there, and you got to do that. So it's understandable when people are upset when you're not playing well. But it's also people don't understand what goes into it or people don't understand whose fault it is. Half the time they just want to put the blame on somebody that they don't like or that's not their favorite player or whatever. So I think he's got better at blocking out the noise and just realizing, hey, I got another shot to turn my career into what I'm turning what I want to turn it into. And I think he's he's doing that. And he's really stepped up with just being more confident and I think speaking about what he does like and doesn't like from like game plans and stuff. I think he's been more confident in switching up stuff like cadences in the huddle. He's been more confident in trying to, like, maybe make a check here and there. Even if the check doesn't necessarily work or he maybe shouldn't have done it, you know, the fact that he has the ability to say, hey, I see this and I want to take a, I want to take a shot to Garrett or whoever it is, like, I mean, that's just a huge difference right there. So I think there's a lot of different reasons, you know, why he's kind of developed this year. And uh said, I'm really happy for the kid. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree. I think it's a lot of the, the subtle things, too. It's not necessarily the – the throws it's a lot of like footwork it's a lot of just doing things at a, a level that has kind of given him a new lease on life at least you know to kind of help yeah. you guys until everything kind of settles down that's what i wanted so obviously the rogers thing is crazy just because like anyone who's occurred their achilles or even had any type of injury knows like the fact that he's even on the field transferring weight onto his ankle transferring weight on his achilles walking around without crutches is crazy i guess two-part question one do you guys pay attention to that? Because the fan base and the media obsesses over it. And I, yeah. I, I understand it's a story. And B, is it a crazy assumption, at least from the outside looking in, to say whether he returns or not this year, the optimism of a guy that came here is kind of that, like, you know, not the savior, but like the guy who was going to help be the, the difference to go help you guys in the Super Bowl. The fact that that after, if I told you, you know, whatever, five weeks ago, that he could possibly be coming back and that dream's not over. Like, does that just have it in the back of everybody's mind? Like, 
wait, if we keep ourselves in this thing right now, I don't know. Like all our, all we talked about, all camp, all OTAs is still very much on the table. Is that a crazy assumption to make from the outside? I know it's just inferring a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's a hard thing to answer, right? Because I don't put much thought into it because I have no idea what the hell is going on. I don't know if like, I mean, he's one person I wouldn't doubt. Like I wouldn't doubt him. I wouldn't bet against him. Uh, you know, I like to think whatever he puts his mind to that he can figure out. That's just kind of what he gives off as a human. And uh, I mean, I'm not a doctor. I don't know what his procedure was like. I don't know what he's doing recovery wise. I'm someone that's, like, I've, you know, I've had a few of, you know, injuries and stuff I've had to go through. And, you know, every time it happens to me, I go on a deep dive trying to, you know, how can I come back faster than anybody else that's done this? So like, I've had that mindset and stuff and with his resources and um and whatnot like i like to think anything's possible so uh it's not really something i think about personally i can't speak for other players or coaches like i'm sure some people think about it but i'm just more worried about how do we go out there right now and win right now like i'm not really worried about what could or couldn't happen or you know i'm trying to do my best this year just being in the present be where my feet are uh put the best you know put the best me out there every single week so I can take the next step that I want to take as a football player in this league. Uh, you know, and we have the team to keep winning games and uh, Zach's getting better. I'm happy for him. And however it plays out with Aaron, uh, you know, obviously I'll be ecstatic and everybody be happy if he, if it happens, how we know we're all dreaming it up to happen, but I have no idea. I try not to put too much thought into stuff I can't control. And, uh, so I guess we'll find out. I'm just as I'm just as excited to sit here and watch it all unfold as everybody else is, right? Seeing him throw on the sideline and and all those different things is crazy. So uh, I'm excited to witness it, just like you guys are. Yeah, no, I'm. I, I figured as much, but um, obviously, you know, you didn't you didn't get you didn't win angry runs. You got nominated. Oh, how, 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 yeah, how much did you get robbed? I'm gonna, I'm gonna shout Kyle out here. It's fair. He's at my wedding. I think I can, I can give him a hard time. What the fuck, man? Like that was a clear, that was a clear and present angry run. What are we doing? Yeah, I thought I had a good opportunity. Um, you know, week one, I had a nice, decent angry run, but I got hit right after. So you know, I didn't really, can't really use that one. Totally understand. Um, you know, I thought that one was pretty good with the situation. Third and four, end of the game. Uh, you know, just kind of the way it played out. Like, I thought there was a pretty good chance when they asked me about after. I kind of said, yeah, I don't think Kyle likes me. I don't know why. Like, I obviously don't know if he likes me or doesn't like me. I haven't really talked to him. But, you know, I kind of maybe put it in there to, like, trick him into, like, choosing me. But I think it didn't work like that. I think it kind of backfired a little bit. So, uh, I don't know. I think I was robbed a little bit. Like, I like Dallas, good player. But, I mean, it was just, you know, a little shoulder down, bounce off and, yeah, that was like an extra. It was a team too. It was a team thing too. It was like the, the whole situation: Lazard, Cobb, Tittman, yeah, Max I mean, Mitchell got, got involved. Got Max Mitchell and Gov running forty yards down there. I think it. The cool part about the play is I think it really exemplified our team, right? Like in the NFL, you don't always have what you had in college. In college, like you're playing with some of your best friends, and you know, like the camaraderie and like the locker room you have at that level is just usually a lot different than the NFL, people bouncing around, age differences and all those those things. But we really do have a special locker room, like from the way we interact on the field, off the field, uh, in meetings. And, you know, I think on that play, like it all kind of, you know, you can see it all a little bit, right? The fight that this team has, the grit, the, you know, obviously we dug ourselves in some holes we didn't even dig ourselves into. But, you know, we have showed time in and time out that like we never, we're never out of the game. So... I thought I got robbed a little bit, 
I don't know, Kyle. We'll, we'll talk about it maybe one of these days. <laughs> I I was going to ask you about that because it's it kind of feels like a little bit of you guys are playing a game of like how difficult can we make games in the first half for each other until we can just light MetLife up a little bit. And I only ask that because Kelsey's have their podcast, obviously very successful and they're famous for a million other reasons, but they're obviously yeah. all of fame level players. And they talk about the foot and shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think apparently Travis Kelsey has bought a $6 million house to like hang out with her. I don't know. Yeah. I wish I had that money. Yeah, me too. Um, but they talked a lot about this game, right. And, you know, give the defense props and, you know, Robert Sala and the front four and front seven really as a whole and all that different stuff. But I thought something that was really, they both kind of talked about the atmosphere at MetLife this year has kind of like, once you guys start rolling, it gets really hard to play there. And that's coming from a guy that plays in KC, plays in Philly, plays in Super Bowls. Like, do you feel that a little bit? I mean, you obviously been here multiple years now. You guys won games last year. It's not like, you know, you guys were bad last year. Like, I feel a difference being there, but do you guys feel a difference on the field? Because I feel like it's gotten loud, especially the Chiefs, Eagles, and Bills games, these primetime games. It feels like the environment in there is like playoff atmosphere-like. Yeah, I think MetLife has been awesome. I mean, I think uh, Jason and Travis's podcast is hilarious, though. I think they do a really good job. Like, I loved hearing them give us credit. I, I really like uh, listening to their podcast. Um, you know, like last year, I feel like people were unsure of what we could do as a team. And then, so, like, when we won games, like, MetLife was all right. But, like, there were some games MetLife had a lot of fields packed. Some games it wasn't. You know, we had we played in about eight rain games last year, which obviously, you know, changes things. Like, uh, so, obviously, that had a factor on it. Then you come into this year with all this hype, but people are excited. Tickets are sold out. It's hard to get tickets even for us almost for games right now. And, uh, you know, and everything happens. And it didn't really change, right? We go and we, we're playing, again, like you said, those first six games we played. Super Bowl contenders, Super Bowl champions, NFC, AFC champions. And, um, you know, as soon as we get rolling, I mean, that place is is loud. Uh, and I think it's, it's a special place. The whole, like, LED lights, the everything they've been doing to kind of just add to the atmosphere. Uh, the night games, like, I love – I think that's the other thing, too. Like, there hasn't been a ton of nights, Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night games at, you know, in, in New York and at MetLife in a long time. So, uh you know, I just think that atmosphere has been uh, it's been pretty special. Yeah, no, no, I'm on the same page. You, I, I, you feel it. I, I want to ask you, I guess in, in terms of going forward the rest of the year, you guys obviously, as you mentioned, played probably three or four of the teams that probably three or four biggest Super Bowl favorites. Reese and a lot of guys, I talked about it on last Friday, I said, like, C.J. Mosley is not going to – like, got disrespected in a way. I have not seen a lot of veterans who are that well-respected get disrespected by the way the Eagles handled that situation two years ago. They wouldn't shake his hand, the whole thing. I know he talked about it in the pregame speech and everything like that, at least on the field. I was like, this is going to make a huge difference. And I know Philly and they talk a lot of trash, but, like, it felt like it was very personal after the game in a sense of, like, the way even guys like Garrett and Brees and yourself and all people that weren't here two years ago when that happened, like, yeah. you, know, you had, you guys weren't a part of it. It felt like you guys took on – I mean, again, this is my just inferring here. It felt like CJ's message was, like, it kind of got everyone. And then during the game, like, Brees scores. And, like, I haven't seen Brees talk that much shit in the last two years. Like, it felt – When Brees gets going on, Brees, Brees gets in the zone out there. Like, when Brees gets in his little zone – he does like it's very subtle, but he will talk some shit. Like Brees is, 
I mean, it's just even like we'll shoot. You know, we got the basketball room in the, in the team room. Like me and Brees are shooting, shooting all the time. And he, when he's feeling good, he's feeling good. But I do agree. I think the cool thing about CJ, I haven't been around many players that uh, just like command a room. Like him and Aaron both do it in different ways. Uh, but man, like CJ is just a. And we all say he's just a grown man. Like the way he plays the game, the way like I didn't even realize the way he talks shit until I watched the mic'd up last year against. The oh, Lions. that's amazing! Like, oh, boy, I'm like CJ's the man. Like I, I like that a lot. Like me and Ruck were just talking about like, damn, I didn't realize CJ because he's so quiet. Like he's so quiet in the locker room. Obviously, he's our captain. He's, he's got one of those voices too when he speaks. He's so much bass in his voice. It's like, oh yeah, okay. he gives us our like our little speech before we go out to practice, you know, or like before we start practice, and he usually gives obviously always a speech before the game. And every time he gives that speech, no matter like obviously there's some games where it's different. Like sometimes you get a more special speech than others. Like that's just the way it is. But you always sit there and listen to him, and he always has some good to say, and. uh I mean, I think he gets just disrespected, like not disrespected, but he's just underrated overall as a football player in this league and what he's done throughout his whole career. And, uh, I mean, I think him and Quincy are, you know, the best duo in football right now. So um, I do think it was personal, especially for him. And I think just the respect he has from his teammates, I mean, that made it, you know, personal for all of us. Yeah, no, I'm, I could not agree more. They've played as good as you could play football right now at the level they're playing. Yeah, CJ I mean, yeah. Mosley's a guy that – He's one or two Pro Bowls away from like a Hall of Fame level player, and yeah. he still gets shit every week from people. I don't understand it. Yeah, um, you can't. Con- first of all, you can't control people, money people make. Like I don't know why people obsess over it. I don't especially- get why people care how much money you make. Like you're out here. He earned it. Risking your body and doing what we do. Like if they choose to pay you that money, they choose to pay you that money. Like well, I mean, if you're if you suck at your job and they wanted to give you a raise, they aren't gonna say no to the raise. Yeah, obviously, it's like a job. I'm saying for normal people, like yeah, whatever it is, like you're gonna take as much money as you can possibly get. And he's worth every penny. CJ's worth every penny he gets. So, um, I think people should stop uh, complaining about that. One other guy that I feel like had a little fun on Sunday talking some trash. It's been cool to see Mackayback didn't kind of rebound from a guy that struggled with injuries, struggled with the weight stuff, struggled with. Not blocking out the noise. There was a lot of there was a lot going on the last couple of years, and I felt like that article came out with Bob Glaber, who did a great job of like telling Makai's real story, and he told it no, you know, didn't pull any punches. And I think Robert Sala did a great job of saying, "You went left, ta- you want left tackle, go win it." Obviously, some things had to happen, but he's now not only kept that job, he's earned it. He's basically cemented himself as the left tackle, and like. Him, he's getting back to that confident, like talking some trash, like putting people back on their ass on, on pass preps and stuff, and run blocking. Like, I feel like as a whole, like you could just see the way this team has kind of embraced Makai and Aaron and all you guys. Like, yeah. you guys feel that on a daily basis because I feel like it start. You see it now from the outside of just like there's a smile on his face again. He looks like happy and he's playing football at a, at a high level. Yeah, he definitely is, and like he's just a big ass kid, right? Like a really, really, really big kid. And he's really good at football. And I feel like I keep saying, like, oh, he's special, he's special. I think it's a testament of just, like, how good this roster really is. And, uh, you know, I kind of usually ignore when I hear, you know, listen to any media about us, right, whether it's coach, coach, you know, talking about a player or a player, you know, speaking out about a situation. Uh, I usually just try to mind my business and let it unfold. And I do think that the, the biggest thing was, like you said, like, he wanted the left tackle spot. Salah told him to take it. it. Didn't necessarily work out exactly like that. It needed some things to happen, and 
Uh, I mean, I'm a firm believer in everything happening for a reason throughout my career. I think we might have talked about it before. And, uh, you know, I think it's just, it, it usually works out the way you want it to work out when you work hard and you put your head down and don't complain and just figure it the hell out. And I think that's what he did this offseason, right? Throughout the whole offseason, he lost his weight. He was on that journey. Uh, he's been locked in film-wise, you know, getting extra work. And um, when the opportunity came for him to go take that spot, even though it didn't work out like him just taking it, I mean, it's his now. And uh, I'm I'm really happy for him, too. I was just did an interview right before I left, and I came out, and I was always messing with Kai. And I'm like, I just, you know, gave you some love, though, because you are fucking dominating right now, so. Yeah, no, I, I could not I cannot agree more. I think it's it's really cool, especially for a guy that like sometimes it's like it's like the key to the classic art. Started off first round pick, dominated, then all hell the negative, everyone beat him up and now he's back and kind of that redemption arc. Last yeah, couple of things. Special, yeah. man. Like athletically, strength wise, size wise, like I'm not a like I don't sit there I can't sit there and tell you O line stuff, really. Like it's just a whole different world. Like I can you know, I know when it's a good play, but, I, you know, there's so many things that go on that it's hard to tell, you know, whose fault it is. But I saw, I ask, I ask other O-linemen, like, like, is AVT, like, how, like, when I first got there, like, how good is AVT? And people are like, like, he's special, like, really special. And then I'm, like, talking, like, Max Mitchell, someone about Beck, and they're like, you know, if he, like, really locks in, like, he could be a Hall of Famer. Like, he's that, like, talented, you know, he just – so it's just – I mean, you have so many people like that on our offense, and I'm happy. I mean, he's so young, so, like, I'm happy that that's all – I mean, it's all working out for him. Yeah, last last couple of things here. Obviously, you know, six weeks down, you got eleven weeks to go, and obviously, hopefully, you know, much more than that. Do you have any? How do you like not look so far forward? How do you not go? How how do you kind of keep yourself? I know how you are, and I know you like kind of stay locked in, but like, how do you not almost go? Oh, like the Giants are playing like dog shit right now, and like the Chargers, it's home game, so we should like. How do you not look forward to that Miami Buffalo stretch where it's two divisional opponents like how do you guys keep yourself focused on come out of the bye and regardless of the Giants record like take them not like take them lightly I feel like I know it sounds stupid but like it's yeah. happened a lot to Jets teams in the past how do you guys keep yourself locked in into a again a matchup it's a rivalry but um you know the Giants are not playing well at the moment yeah it's just uh I mean it's such a long season and like it's hard to really look too far forward in my opinion like you got to worry about practice each day the game plan and again again to the game like i think weeks fly by when you treat it like that but it's such a long season it's hard to look forward to buffalo and miami and i think the cool part is that we're going to play at metlife as the away team and that's going to be weird it's going to be blue in there and that's you know and it might be a lot of green i don't know i don't know be a lot, a lot of green, of green. I'm saying like the, the borders and the field and everything is a lot of blue right it's gonna be weird it's a, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. 
Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh, which we dealt with in the preseason, which like we treated like, hey, like, this is how it's going to be in the season. So like, You going to tell Jihad, Jihad Ward uh, talk some shit for Aaron? <laughs> yeah, we're definitely, you know, he's always talking shit, so that'd be interesting. But, uh, you know, they are struggling, but they're not a bad team, right? There's no way you go from doing what you do last year and – um, you don't just become a terrible team. It's the same thing with the Broncos. Like, yeah, their defense is struggling, but that's the same, you know, players that have been a top, you know, 5-10 defense for the last six years. It's a new system, and who knows when they figure it out. Eventually, one week, they're going to figure it out, and that other offensive team is going to get shit on because, oh, you guys just play terrible against a terrible defense, but now that defense hasn't figured it out. And so who knows when the Giants are going to figure it out. Like, it's, you never, like, that's the beauty of the league. And I think that's why everybody loves the NFL so much is, like, every single game means so much. It doesn't matter who it is, who you're playing. Say what happened last week. Two, you know, two undefeated teams lost with backup quarterbacks. Cleveland wins, we win. And uh, that's just the beauty of the league. And that's why, you know, everybody loves NFL season so much. So I just think that – and we have a lot to prove on offense. Like, all this stuff we talked about with red zone and third down and, you know, if – they're struggling a little bit. We need to take advantage of it. We need to help it keep heading, helping us get in the right direction and get better at those things and um, not take our – I mean, we don't have the ability, especially on offense. You know, you never have the ability to take your foot off the gas. But on offense, like, we need to keep stacking and practicing games and like, keep getting better with each other. So, uh, I don't think it's going to be a worry of us relaxing or thinking, oh, like, shit, we got a lot to prove right now. The last thing we're worried about is somebody else. We're a lot more worried about ourselves. Yeah, no, I want to say, Paige, I want to ask you quickly about Jeremy Rucker. You were just kind of referencing there. I I was as big of a Jeremy Rucker fan coming out of college just because, like, you see a guy even like a Dawson Knox up in Buffalo where, like, they get underutilized in college, but, like, mm-hmm. you see all the traits and you see all, like, it just – you're like, oh, this dude looks like an NFL tight end. Like, you could just yeah. see it in college. He's taken, you know, whatever. I thought he should have played more last year and played some, you know, kind of why and whatever. He's feel like it feels like when you guys specifically are in the 12 personnel package, you guys kind of really balance each other well. CJ as well, but you guys kind of games mesh really well into like when you guys run 12 personnel, you guys can do a lot of things that like yeah. some whatever. How how cool has it been to see him really take that next step? Because I feel like the jump he's made, you know, Robert Sala talked about it. He said, well, he had one of the best off seasons of anybody that came in yeah. like as are those you two guys, him and Jermaine especially, like have taken a yeah. huge leap. How have you kind of seen him develop just because, again, didn't get a lot of, to play a lot last year, and it feels like in 12 personnel, even 13, you guys, are as, a, as a tight end room as a whole, but you two specifically, have really meshed well into, like, run and pass game. Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is that's my guy. Like, I love Ruck. Like, uh, I mean, outside of football, like, we've really built a good relationship. Like, we do a lot together. Um, you know, we sit in the locker room and play cornhole all damn day, even when we can go home. Uh you know, that's just, we have a really good relationship. Like, it's one of the, you know, uh, one of the really good friends I've made throughout my NFL career. And I think that, I think, you know, when you create friendships like that, it automatically transfers to uh, to the field. And I think that me and Ruck are very similar. Um, like, I told people, like, I think we're very similar just our style of play. Like, we can both do, like, I always pride myself on being able to do everything. I feel like I can block in line. I feel like I can, I can win one-on-one. Like, I always want to be a three-down tight end. And I think he's the same way. I think we both have things that we have. We have both have strengths. Like I like to think he, he got all the tight ends. He's definitely the best when it comes to pulling. Like if you're pulling and running counters and things of that nature, like he's the best. He's the best out of us to, to do that, right? I think we can all do it. I think CJ does it well, but I think that's kind of uh, 
you know, Ruck's thing. I think even when it's not a say he whiffs and doesn't have a great block on something like that, like he sets the tone, just the way he, you know, he flies around out there. And, uh, you know, in the, in the past game, like I talked to him a lot, so I had to kind of wait my turn and, and wait for those opportunities in, in my career a little bit. But, uh, you know, from a pass game standpoint, I like to think like we're very similar too. like when it comes to the way we run routes, the way we move from a speed standpoint, the way we can go up and high point the ball. Like we're very, uh, you know, very similar in the way we play the game. So I'm excited for him. Like he did have a really good camp. Like he's putting some really good stuff out there on film. Uh, you know, I love all the love he gets from Sal and the fans and, and whatnot. So I'm just I'm happy for him. And I love yeah, playing with him. I mean, yeah, I no, be around and like, be that guy with him for a long time here in New York. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's been it's been cool, especially just like sometimes you get these kind of stories that guys, you know, grew up a fan of this team or, you know, whatever. They're from New York or they're from whatever. If you, you know, you're Michigan, you grew up in Michigan, you love the Lions and whatever. And it's like, yeah. it doesn't always work out. Those guys actually play and produce. And it's been cool that like, not that I didn't think it was going to happen, but sometimes you kind of guard against that stuff. It's like, yeah, you just never really know. And you never know when someone like, no matter first, second, third, seventh round pick, like you never know how someone's going to pan out. Cause really at the end of the day for me, it's always been a mindset thing. Like how hard is that? How hard does that person work? And I think the cool thing about Ruck is like two things that really make him who he is, is his confidence. Like, I mean, he's confident in shit about what he can do out there. And I think that, like, as a young player, that's automatically going to help you get up on the right foot. And um, his, like, he just the way he works or in practice and stuff. Like, he's always 100%, you know, balls to the wall, and he's confident in what he can do. So, you know, those are the two things that are going to really help a young player play well early in his career. I guess it does matter, though, if you're Jermaine Johnson, you have to fly private because uh, you don't have an ID. But you can afford hey, it if you're first. Into, we're not going to get into Jermaine. Is, uh, I mean, the, the fly I just saw the other day, I almost said something, but Jermaine's playing his ass off right now. Uh, playing with they, violence. A lot, lot of violence. That, like, you don't always find someone that can play every down, you know, whether it's a three-down back, a three-down tight end. Uh, you know, just the way the NFL is nowadays, you have so many people that are just specialized for certain spots, whether it's a running back, tight end, edge rusher, linebacker, D-line, like everybody has like a special, like specialized in something almost nowadays. And he's someone that can rush the pass or he's someone that can get physical and set the edge and play the run game. Uh, so, I mean, it's really, I mean, our D-line special, and he's really took a huge, huge jump. So I, I agree with the him and run yeah. really. Yeah, no, there's a lot of, they play with a lot of violence in, in today's NFL. Like there's a lot of teams that kind of play that finesse style. You still see the teams that are willing to be violent the line of scrimmage whether it's you guys, whether it's the Phillies of the world, San Francisco, Detroit, these teams that, like, if you can win the line of scrimmage, you are still going to probably win the football game. Like, it still comes back down to, like, that front seven versus you got first, the O-line plus those tight ends and backs. Like, who wants contact? If you have a good O-line and a good D-line, you got a chance to be a good team. Like, it's that simple. Obviously, you need other stuff, but, you know, if you look at anybody that has a good O-line, D-line, Detroit, like you just said, us, like, you automatically have a chance to win games and then the skill positions and everything else is what takes you to the next level of, you know, winning the Super Bowl. Last couple of non-football things. I don't know if I asked you this last time. The Chipotle orders was a big thing during the draft. And I meant to ask you this before. If I don't know if you're a Chipotle guy. If you are, what is your go-to order? I know you played George Karloftis earlier in the year. He had one of the grossest Chipotle orders I think I've ever seen. And I literally dropped him in my draft rankings because of it. Because, you know, 
I just, I don't know. I think it's what, what was it to pull it? Uh, I'm pulling up right now. It was pretty. Oh, it was so double, actually, triple, triple steak. It was triple steak, double rice, cheese. That's it. No sauce, no, no clock, no queso, no, no just triple steak, double rice, cheese. Oh, uh, yeah, that's pretty bad. I had like, I used to go to, I had one go to for a while. And then actually, Ruck, I, we door dashed real quick. We were at the house. I had like Ruck over, Max, uh, Chris Glazer. And uh, we were hanging out. We ordered Chipotle because Max Mitchell orders Chipotle probably like, I don't know, a couple times a week. It's like, oh, line things. He loves it. And uh, usually I would get a bowl, I'll get double rice, double, uh, I'll get double rice, double beans. Steak, lettuce, cheese, sour cream, queso, corn salsa, and green salsa. So you're not a serial killer. It's good to know. So that's what I would get. And then I'll get chips. And then I use the chips to eat my eat the bowl. And then Ruck was like, man, you got to change it a little bit. I'm like, what? So then I, I went, no more double. I just went like steak. Come on, do chip, steak or chicken. It just depends how I'm feeling. So usually I'll probably go steak bowl. And I wouldn't do the same order, but I wouldn't double rice and double beans. And then Ruck was like, just get a little tortilla on the yes. side and and make a little, like, you know, burrito out of it. So you have a bowl and a burrito. I'm like, all right, that's legit. I can fuck with that, Ruck. So I do that, and I got a quesadilla. So I get a quesadilla, uh, probably like a chicken quesadilla with, like, the red salsa, the spicy salsa, and sour cream. And then I get a bowl of my order and then a little tortilla and chips. So that's like right. if I'm real, hungry, much, if I'm real hungry, that's what I'm doing. Much, much better. I was going to say, if you, the college way to save some money, you go two tortillas, a full bowl makes two burritos. Yeah. Yeah. So not a bad idea. Yeah, I forgot. Really yeah. Zach went with, what did Zach go with? Zach went with chicken, rice, beans, green chili, guac. All right. Fair enough. Uh, I'm not, I'm just, uh, the guac just gets too mushy. Yeah. Justin Fields, like brown that. rice. Black beans, vegetables, and guac. Ugh. See, that's not it. Yeah. First of all, it should be pinto beans and white rice. Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna do this whole like no meat thing. It's, it's a Chipotle bowl. Get a meat. Don't be a weirdo. Don't get, don't get me into that. I don't. I don't believe in the whole. Uh, yeah, I don't. Cam Newton and Arian Foster both uh, lost their superpowers the second they stopped eating beef. But whatever. Yeah, we're gonna... I'm not. I'm not. One, I'm not gonna go down that rabbit hole today. What you have, what you have been eating a lot of, you've been crushing sushi. I have been crushing. Sushi. What's the go-to spot and what's the go-to order? Like, is there like what kind of sushi rolls are we ordering? Are we ordering a gentleman rolls? Or are we like, are we ordering kid rolls and cucumber rolls and sweet uh, potato negative, rolls? Negative. Uh, so, so actually, we were in Minnesota. There was a really good place in Minnesota called Sushi Takes, and my wife worked there, a uh, girlfriend at the time, and everybody's like, "Oh, really?" In Minnesota, I'm like, "Yeah, like it was really, really good." And uh, we had a hard time finding a place out here, but there's a place in Morristown called Asahi, and it's pretty good. They don't have, like, a ton of great rolls, in my opinion, but their fish is good. So, usually, um, they got these things called uh, avocado bombs. So, it's like a spicy tuna avocado bomb with, like, eel sauce and spicy mayo on it. So, I got two of those, and then I'll probably get, like, you know, 10 pieces of salmon nigiri and then some type of tuna, depending on what type of tuna they got. But then we just found a place in Westfield called, I don't know how to say it. It's like A-K-A-I. Okay? Okay? Yeah. I don't know. So me and the wife just found that. We went over there like eight minutes from the house, which is dangerous. That's why we've been going so much. And uh, they have a couple of good rolls. I don't remember what they're called, but we'll get like a couple of like the specialty rolls, like probably, you know, two to four rolls. And then I'll get like 10 pieces of like 
king salmon, nigiri, and then like I'll get probably six pieces of chitoro, tuna, and yeah, that's about it. So yeah, more like they have good rolls. I'm gonna get a couple good rolls, and then I'll get nigiri. Yeah, we're making we're making sushi later. I have all this stuff here. I'm definitely gonna botch it. Uh, last question. Obviously, I know you're a big basketball fan. You got to take some hockey in this year and stuff like that. Who do you like in the NBA this year? Do you think like where where are you? Uh, how are you feeling about the season? I feel like although obviously everyone knows the regular season's dog shit, but regardless. Yeah, that's the hardest thing for me. When I stopped playing basketball, I kind of like stopped watching it a little bit. I don't know if it was like my way of like not missing it at one point. And now I got back to watching it some, but it is hard with the just the way the regular season is. It just feels like WWE to me. I don't know. Like it just feels like nobody's trying. Like I want Bron to win another another ring. Like as long as Bron's playing, I'm gonna want Bron to win. Uh, but I do love. Like I wouldn't be mad at the Bucks win. Like Dame and Giannis. Like the way the NBA is. Like they didn't do it the way everybody else did it. So like I'm not super mad about like the whole super team thing. Like you have to have a couple stars together to win now. And, I mean, the way Dame went about it and, and Giannis, like Dame said years ago, like, hey, if I'm ever going to team up with anybody, it's going to be Giannis. So I think that's going to be just a really fun, you know, pick and roll to watch. Like, I don't know how you really just stop it. It's either a deep three or a lob. Yeah, I was going to say Giannis is – the, yeah. the fast breaks the fast breaks going to be crazy. So I'm excited about, about that. Like, I would like Dame to get a, get a ring or I would like Brown to win another ring. Yeah, I I'd be I'd be interested to see how they defend pick and rolls because Dame uh, Dame playing defense is, is almost as entertaining as watching him play yeah, offense. I'm not worried about. It. I mean, it's WWE, right? I'm just looking. I'm watching like everybody else offensive league now. Yeah. Last question. Obviously, got I think passed this week that flag flag's going to be in the next Olympics. If you had to build your uh, build your ideal flag team for Team USA, I've seen some of the funniest memes I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Someone said, uh, "Some there's some memes of like you know Tyreek Hill after the Iraq cornerbacks after Tyreek Hill burns them for 985 yards and 10 touchdowns and and all that stuff. Quarterback and I guess three or four skill guys. If you had to send our send our best to Peter Schrager, I love him by the way. Said that he wouldn't send NFL guys because they're not they wouldn't do as good as professional flag people." I'm going to agree to disagree. Schrager, Schrager said that the flag people that are pros have better chemistry. Maybe so. Um, they also don't oh, want to fool one. We're not going to that one either. I have no idea how to answer that one. Uh, all right, quarterback. I might need a little help here. Uh, quarterback. I feel like Lamar, Lamar right? Because, like, yeah, it's has got to be mobile. Got to be like, oh, Lamar's good. Lamar probably have to be the quarterback. Honestly, uh, Justin Fields, but Justin Fields is like so powerful. I don't know if he's just like elusive. Fields, but yeah, I want. I need a, I need as elusive as possible right now. And flag. Uh, obviously, you gotta pick Tyree because there's just nobody faster. Uh, I'm putting Garrett Wilson out there because if we're thinking elusiveness, I mean, I don't know how many more, how many people are more elusive than Garrett. I mean, the dude's like water. He's like Gumby out there. Uh, and he can still go up and high point the ball. It's the ball in his hands. Like Tyree Garrett. Uh, I need a running back. No, you can just do two skills. I mean, I guess, but if I go running skills. back, I'd probably pick uh, Christian McCaffrey because I need a back that can, you know, catch the ball at the backfield or Brees. Probably Christian or Brees, two backs that can catch the ball. I might go Brees actually, just because that's my guy. And uh, his jump cuts have been dirty this season. He's made I mean, some people. Yeah, he hit that spin move. That spin move he hit on third and one or whatever. Yeah, like yeah, that's not stupid. normal. That's no, not normal. The thing about Brees is everything he does is so nonchalant that, like, 
he doesn't even like look excited about it. So it's just like you don't realize how like crazy it is until you like go back and watch it. And you're like, damn, that was stupid. But like the way how nonchalant, like, even when he's just running twenty one miles per hour, like it just looks like he's not even trying. So I'll go Brees. I'll go with my guy Brees, Garrett, Tyree. Uh, yeah, one Lamar, more. And uh, I need a big body receiver. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go crazy one here. We throw like T T Higgins might be the best jump ball dude in the league. I know he's not. He's just taller than big. Or you go like you go Kelsey. I don't know. I guess. Does he get a flag though? It's not really. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna just go Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I mean that's, that's, a, that's a I mean, not really not really just a you know up top receiver, but I would say him. You know who like is like a little low key one I probably pick would be the way T Higgins went up for that jump ball in the back of the end zone against us last year. Like that was freaky. <laughs> it was so annoying. <laughs> that was annoying. But it, I remember watching that shit. Like God damn, that was crazy. Yeah. So like T Higgins, like the way he go up and get the ball, like he's definitely a, a two receiver that I know like. They're having the struggles on offense right now, but he's a two receiver that's damn near one. It's uh, gonna get I'm paid gonna go, like one. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Justin, Tyreek, Garrett, Breeze, Lamar. All right. I mean, I would assume that team wins the gold uh, quite yeah. easily. If it doesn't, yeah. If it doesn't, they're cranking out like weird steroids in Russia or some crazy thing. That <laughs> yeah. If you need a tight end, then I will put myself in. There. No, I did. As you should. As you should. <laughs> I appreciate you obviously hopping on. I know uh, you got bye week. You got a lot going on, trying to relax a little bit and rest up. Best of luck the rest of the season. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, see you next week. But appreciate you uh, taking some time. Yeah, appreciate you having me, dude.